leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. Lots and lots of comments on uh, the universal basic income. Is this something we could do in South Africa? And we will get to that in a moment. But our second guest in terms of thought leaders, storytellers and griots is Tracy Henry. She's the chief executive officer of Chickalulu. And the Chickalulu is a social investment fund, which uh, I certainly in the past in my other sort of hats have uh, had great engagement with doing really, really interesting work. Now there's a call for social investors to participate in COVID-19 research. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Tell us a little bit about uh, what this call is for social investors. Michelle, so obviously, you know, the COVID-19 has had a just tremendous impact on all sectors of society. And since day one, social investors have really responded in an extraordinary way to the the needs that have been presented and have been working very closely with the NGO sector and the state to respond not only to the initial humanitarian crisis, but also in terms of the, the health crisis and more recently also around issues related to gender-based violence and the education system. So, you know, one of the things that we are focusing on right now is to map the various responses that are taking place throughout the country. And we've called on all social investors, and social investors can be corporates, it can be um, private philanthropists, um, foundations, DE trusts, individuals, that are contributing towards the COVID response so that we can map exactly where the interventions are taking place, in what sectors, so that we capture this not only for now but for the future and that we also document the stories around the different interventions so that we can learn what works, what doesn't work um, and, and really set us up to understand where the gaps are in society. Tracy, why don't we, uh, for our listeners, just uh, tease out the idea of the social investor or the, even the angel investor. What does that mean? And, and, and tell us a little bit about those kinds of uh, people and organizations that you work with. So, the, you know, we, we work with um, primarily corporate funders who contribute from this uh, corporate social investment fund. But there are also various um, BE trusts that contribute towards interventions. We've got um, social investors um, who are um, looking particularly from impact investment perspective to, to invest. And then we've got the private um, foundations, philanthropists. And we believe anybody that invests with a social intent is a social investor. So the primary aim has to be, do I want to make a social impact in society? And for Chikululu, that is the key definition when we start looking at what a social investor is, is what is the intent around that investment? Okay. So if um, people are interested in investing, are we saying that we're going to shift them from where they usually invest to looking at um, COVID-19 research, or is this people who, or certainly investors, 
and investment organizations who may be interested in engaging in that particular um, environment in the first place, in the medical environment? So I think, you know, what, what we've seen at the moment is that um, the organizations that we are working with and the data that we've collected to date, um, Michelle, is, you know, we've, we've expanded our reach. So we're not just looking at Chikululu, um partners or clients. Mm. What, what we are doing is to say there are a lot of investors that prior to COVID have been investing. Yeah. Um, and so... What we're looking at is to see what is the shift that's taking place. Um, are companies continuing to invest in the initiatives that they were supporting prior to COVID? Because that's important as well. Yeah. Um, there are a number of initiatives that we that continue to need support um, where we need to perhaps repurpose funding that was traditionally focused on a particular area. How do we relook that? Um, NGO sector in particular is going to go through a very difficult time in the next coming months and years as funding is shifted towards COVID-19 interventions. And so how do existing investors also support them during this journey that they're going through as well? So what we're trying to do is see where the patterns are, what is happening in the investment space. Yeah. And to then also support social investors um, to make informed decisions about immediate investments, but also longer term. Are we seeing a shift in uh, where investors are putting their money given COVID? So there's definitely, uh, you know, a lot, and, and it's understandable given the, the huge need that a lot has um, been invested in the humanitarian um, response, um, particularly in the first two months. Um, So a lot of support around food parcels that have been very carefully monitored to ensure that there's proper tracking, tracing of those deliveries, where they go to. Um, And then, you know, the the response to the um, health side, you know, PPEs have been, uh, and medical equipment, um, going to various health you know, um, institutions, but also to schools more recently um, and other NGOs that are working with um, particularly vulnerable communities, gender-based violence organizations that also need support around PPEs and that. So the immediate response has required a shift, this initial shift to allocate funding to areas of most need. Do you think that, uh, and I suppose this would be in closing, Tracy, is that as we move forward, we might see uh, the corporate sector, the private sector rethinking. And what I mean by that is less that they are social investors, but more that they become uh, critical partners, if one wants to look at it like that. Absolutely. I think, you know, what this pandemic has highlighted is the huge inequalities in our country, um, that we are not prepared um, when it comes to the education system, the health system, and how we are all interconnected in business and civil society, states, our communities. And for us to thrive as organizations, we need to really ensure that we address those issues um, moving forward. 
So if people are interested in following up uh, on the, the call for social investors to participate in the research, how do they do it? So they can um, send information or just drop us an email on data mapping at chiklulu.org.za. Um, and they can also just go onto our website and, and there's information to, to contact us um, on our website. But data mapping at chikululu.org.za is um, the, um, inter- you know, the channel we're using at the moment right now to collect all the data. That's Tracy Henry. She's the Chief Executive Officer of Chikalulu. And if you want to find out more about it uh, and find out more details on the project, which is the call for social investors to participate in the COVID-19 research, then you can go to datamapping at chikalulu.org.za or you can go to the website chikalulu, and that's T-S-H-I-K-U-L-U-L-U dot org dot za for more information. Lots of questions about uh, the basic income grant. One of them saying an age-related basic income grant could replace all social grants, and that would then impact depending on your age. So depending on your age would mean how much money you would then receive. And the, the question, though, of course, with a basic income grant is that it's not a grant. It's a basic income um you, you simply receive a universal basic income on a monthly basis. So it's not a grant. You receive it on a monthly basis, no matter who you are in the country. And thereafter, um, you are then able to do with it what you will. It then means that the entire country is required to pay taxes as well.